I do, I do love that song. I really do. Uh, we should just keep on playing it all the way through. But um, hello, listeners, and welcome to the third episode of the Casual Talk Show. My name is Andrew, and as always with me, see, as always, as always with me, I have Jordan. Jordan, how are you? And as always, I'm great. Thank you, Andrew. See, you see, every time when the song comes on, it just makes my voice even more mellow. You know, even more mellow, <laughs> even more. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Casual Talk Show. But anyway, awesome 80s song out of the way. Um, so, Jordan, how have you been this week? Anything interesting? Anything uh, colourful, wonderful in your world? Uh, about the same as always. I always have a great week. How has yours been? Always a colourful and wonderful week. Excellent. That's, that's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, I was going to go and play golf today, but... Um, oh, you play golf? Okay. Yeah, with my dad. He played it back when he was young. Uh, okay. And that kind of stuff. So, um, helping him relive his glory days. Going gold. Whereabouts do you go for that? Sorry, because you live in like a, a in a large city area. Whereabouts no, like live, golf courses all around? Or we where? kind of live in the outskirts. So it's London. We don't like to live in the middle of London. It's uh, it's from the centre. It's about fourteen miles, I guess. It's still it, it's still just in the London London borough kind of thing. But it is kind of like an outskirts. It's it's kind of like the best way to describe it is like in The Simpsons, where the Simpsons live in relation to Springfield. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. yeah, my map of Springfield isn't that great, just off the top of my mind. But, but they, yeah, I, I always of... find it weird when people in larger cities talk about doing things like golf. Which, um, I mean, I live in Invercargill, New Zealand, population fifty thousand. Um, a couple kilometers from my house right now, there are farms with sheep and cows. There are golf courses and beaches and things. Right. Um, and just, you know, when I think of London, I think of, like, black taxi cabs and double-decker buses honking and the Queen, like, Get off my lawn, you young whippersnappers! So you and all that kind so of stuff. I don't think of, You're so stereotypical. I don't think of golf courses, anyway. Well, when I um, think of New Zealand, all I think of is hobbits and wonderful scenery and uh, all that kind of stuff. No, but I'm joking. Oh, I know thank exactly, you. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Uh, oh, no, after watching One to a Warriors, kind of think different. Um, but... <laughs> No, but no, but seriously, no. It's um, we're kind of in the outskirts. It's really easy to get to. It's only a couple of miles. But around us, there there is a lot of greenery. There is a lot of trees and a lot of really, and that's what I love. A lot okay. of countryside. You don't have to go too far away from a major city to go into the countryside. But yeah, we're going is to. Is it quite Is golfing quite accessible there, or is it only for billionaires mm. like you guys? We're not billionaires. We're not even millionaires. Seriously, we're not. <laughs> I don't know where you get this thing of me being ultra rich. If I was sorry, whereabouts are you going on? Whereabouts are you going on vacation to? It's Turkey. It's not like. Uh, and when was the last time you went overseas? Abu Maybe Dhabi. To, uh, well, I went to Ukraine a couple of about a month ago, but that wasn't vacation. That was more of a. What about Disneyland and Paris? Disneyland and... was like a week before before Ukraine. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my vacation is walking ten minutes to the other side of town to buy, you know, a fancy I don't know bottle of water. That's my holiday. Um, my parents like to yeah. travel. That's, what can I say? And they just but drag do, me along. Do for most ride. people, you know, is golf an expensive thing in the UK? Because um, I know in a lot of Asian countries, you, there's like a waiting list to play on the sort of indoor ranges in the middle of the city amongst the skyscrapers. It's kind of odd, and there's like a massive waiting list of people who want to do it, and it's just a cool thing. You know, um, if you want to play golf in certain cities in Asia, you basically need to own a Lamborghini, that kind of lifestyle, because uh, well, we, we get the ads on we get the ads on New Zealand TV about it, um, about what a great place New Zealand is to live, because we can play golf here, having, there's no waiting list. Having three Lamborghinis does help, 
but uh, seriously, um, it, it all depends. I mean, you have the really posh golf clubs uh, that only accept members, and to be a member, you have to be of a certain, you have to earn so much, and you have to have the, you know all the cars, and you have to pay a membership, which is very high, that kind of stuff. But there are public ones, and there is a lot of public ones, and they're, they're decent enough. They really are decent enough, and we go to the public ones, uh, and I mean, we don't like go golfing like every two days and stuff. Last time I, I was golfing was uh, like four or five months ago, so it's 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 not really kind of a weekend thing. Basically, my mum forces me and my dad to go, so we like he loses some weight and I get some physical exercise. That's the main thing. Driving um, a golf cart around? Uh, no, we don't drive a golf cart around. It's, oh, it's, that's it's, the best part of golfing. No, it's only a nine hole. It's like you only drive a golf cart around. You see this in like movies and American movies. They're all driving around golf carts. A nine hole, really, unless you're so, unless you're like Jabba the Hutt and you need a golf cart, <laughs> really don't. It's it's some of the more if you go to Spain and you know some of the hotter countries where the actual you know million million dollar golf courses are, then you have to. Uh, they have 18 holes, which will take you a day, it really will. Uh, and then you have to get a golf cart because you will die halfway through, you know, walking because it's hills and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but no, golf cart, just just have a little trolley for, for the golf clubs because we don't really have a roadie, uh, roadie, caddy, whatever you call them. So, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the little golf. Brody, you mean the black guy in Iron Man with the with the silver war machine suit? No, not yeah, I'm, I'm Colonel, joking. Not I'm Colonel joking. James Rhodes. Uh, but, yeah, um, yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, uh, caddy. So yeah, so hopefully we'll go out, uh, go out tomorrow. Other than that, yeah, just just waiting for my you know exam results to come in and that kind of stuff. So yeah, anyway, um, John, before we go, um, I, I want you to tell the listeners about. I mean, I know what you do in work, but. Can you go into a bit more detail uh, in terms of? Uh, I mean, I know you restore restore furniture, but is it what is there to it? <laughs> this is going to be a great episode. Um, my job mostly involves oiling furniture, which you know you put the oil on the rag, you put the rag <laughs> on the table, and episode. if it doesn't do what I say, it gets the hose again. Um, when I'm restoring furniture, you know, you're sanding down through lacquer and uh, using a paint stripper called Paramoose, which um, it's, it says it's non-acidic, but do not believe that. Um, I've got it in my eye once, and I th seriously thought I was going to die. I thought it was going to eat through my skull. Um, Big boss. <laughs> yeah, Paramoose, um, non-acidic, it says. Yeah, right. Just, um, like, just like head and shoulders when I was a kid. <laughs> Don't trust that. Don't trust that. Um, no, but it's like. Yeah, uh, when, when, but this is an industrial chemical. It's a bit more potent than Head and Shoulders uh, dandruff shampoo, I think. Johnson's but. baby was a bit too lethal as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I, I have a great I have a great time restoring furniture and listening to podcasts of you know great shows like this. Right, 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 right. And um, hopefully, if you are listening to this, uh, if if you are from from. Uh, from if you were redirected here from Jordan's podcast, thank you very much for listening to this. And you know, I wanted I wanted you to listen, go behind <laughs> behind the voice into the man that Jordan really is. And restores furniture. Yeah. But when you said restore furniture, I imagined it like this. You know, six million dollar man is like, <laughs> my stool is broken. We can rebuild it. We have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like an A T M S montage of uh, you. 
polishing furniture and stuff. But um, so is it? Well, I, I can show you my li my laboratory. Um, there's a lot of sawdust and leaking oil cans. But yeah, sure. Right, right, excellent. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll do this kind of like a weekly or a bi-weekly thing where um, you know I, I ask you about your job and you tell me bits about it. So it'll be it'll be very interesting to. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> let's let's move on to the actual um, actual uh, discussion and topic. So. What I wanted to talk about, I read this on Gizmodo, um, it's basically what they're saying is um, scientists have kind of uh, found a genetic model uh, which uh, basically will predict who lives to about 100. Basically they've, they've narrowed down uh, who, can, who will live longer and who will, who will, who will die younger. So, um, John, do you have the article in front of you right now? Yes, I do. Uh, you know how much I love to hear you read. Um, how about we do this? You read a paragraph, and I read a paragraph. And uh, while we read it, let's... It's going to be just like being at school again. Where... And the cat in the hat says... Okay. <laughs> you Who will die first? at the age of 65. But, uh, <laughs> no, um, I've, got, I've got to think of a nice, um, a nice song in the background to play with us to, uh, to kind of to go in there. Time. Something to do with time, age... Time. Uh, have you heard of Scatman John? Um, no. Okay. Um, no. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play I'm gonna play Take Your Time by uh, by Scatman John. There we go. There we go. Time. Right, John. <clears throat> Start off with the first paragraph. We'll just read a couple. Yes, sir. In 1997. Um, okay. Why'd you have to give me the difficult name as well? Uh, is it? Jean Louise Calment yes. of France died at the age of 122, making her the oldest documented human to have ever lived. But is there something genetically unique about centenarians? Did I say it? Uh, yes. Yes. Used to saying that. That enables them to age gracefully and relatively disease-free? Question mark. <clears throat> According to the results of a long-term study at Boston University School of Medicine, the answer is yes. People who live to be 100 years or older are rare, and only about 1 in 600,000 people in industrialized nations live that long. Oh, well, see, that's, you read two paragraphs now. But anyway, <clears throat> I know. As part of the New England Centurion study, a team of aging research specialists led by Paula Sebastiani and Paul Pearl, Tom Pearls looked at the uh, 300,000 genetic ma makers in the 800 centurions and compared their profiles of uh, uh, those of random individuals. They then developed a gene uh, genetic model that can be that can compute individuals' uh, predisposition to living a long life found uh, that centurions share a common genetic signature that could predict extreme longevity within 77% accuracy. The findings represent a breakthrough in understanding new genetic influence uh, human lifespan. Um, so, um, basically, uh, some people will live longer and some won't. Uh, do you know anyone <laughs> in your family that's lived long, Jordan? Um, no. Oh, it's the easy answer. Right, right, right. Well, uh, in my family, um, my dad was a great, a great, great... Basically, she's 102, and uh, wow. she she lives in Brighton, uh, which is like the beach town in in England here. And she's like my granddad's auntie, and my granddad's like 84. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I remember coming to her 100th birthday and that kind of stuff, and she would like 
stand up and sing with the piano accompaniment you know these old pre-world war ii songs and that kind of stuff so um but they're still like mobile they're living like an old you know you know like an elderly home that kind of stuff but it's it's amazing it really is amazing you know they're they're walking around but you know on my mum's side my great nan she's she's only 80 she's still alive but like you know she's she's like nearly completely paralyzed so it's interesting how people age really you know some some age gracefully i guess and some don't have it as easy well i'm just quickly looking through here i mean we all we all know the things about a well-balanced diet exercising regularly and avoiding exposure to tobacco well out of all the eldest people the um the, mo the oldest people have ever lived the elderly right okay maybe we can cut this bit out i've really done terrible i'm i'm still reading it at the same time right, right, right. um out of all the people who have lived the longest, almost all of them have smoked tobacco, including this woman. Um, it's it's quite odd. I mean, definitely tobacco obviously must have a it must have some kind of impact on our lifespans. But the fact that at least some of these people have lived to over hundred doesn't mean it's going to kill you by the time you're thirty. Um, I don't smoke. I think it's a disgusting thing. Mm, yeah. But I, I do think it's interesting when you look at all the people who have lived the longest. They're all smokers, and is that just because older people smoked more in general? That and if these people hadn't smoked, perhaps they would have. They'd live even longer. Or, I mean, it's just weird, don't you think? I think it's it's you know the people that uh, are a hundred these days or between eighty and a hundred, you know, old age. Mm. They are yes. you know they were born in the time when you know smoking was like going to the loo and that kind of stuff. You know, people didn't think it was dangerous. <laughs> Everyone did it and that kind of stuff. But I definitely think people live longer these days because of modern medicine, modern. I mean, people say, uh, I mean, uh, see, these days people keep on saying we live in a horrible world, we're all coming to an end, we're all going to die, this is a horrible time. But I like to think opposite. Maybe it's just I'm desperate into, because I've got to live in this world and I'm trying to find some kind of uh, silver lining to it. But I think this is the huh. best time to live ever because if you think about it, modern technology has allowed us to do anything, you know, even going back 200 years, it, we wouldn't have been able to travel, we wouldn't have had the kinds of living, entertainment, comforts, that kind of stuff, you know. Going as far, you know, as early back as uh, 200 or 150 years ago, people used to die at an average of at the age of 50 or 60 because, you know, they didn't know, we didn't, they didn't have the modern medicine of today, they didn't know how to live properly and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I think these days, this is, this is a great time to live, you know, that kind of stuff. We're not having any, we're having wars, but we're not having any of those, like, stupid barbaric wars where, you know, people just completely wipe each other out and that kind of stuff. So, I think it's, people are definitely living longer because of uh, the lifestyle of today, Life is just easier. They don't have to plow the fields for 60 years at a time. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I have heard reports that, um, I don't know if, if it means our generation or people younger than us, that some of, well, the generation coming up are going to die before the appearance um, because of things such as lifestyle, you know, just being a fat slob, basically. Right. Um, and that's, that's definitely wrong. I mean, there's definitely something something very wrong about that. Um but, yeah, I can't get over the fact that so many of these people smoked tobacco. Mm. They still smoke. Um, some of them mention also drinking a lot of uh, whiskey and a lot of sort of fairly hard liquors. Right. Um, so it's not like they've 
kept themselves wrapped up in cotton wool their whole lives. It's it just seems to be luck that they live forever. It seems. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, may- I mean, one hundred one hundred twenty-two. I mean, if if someone dies around sixty, I mean, that's not much by today's standards. Mm. But at the same time, one hundred twenty-two is almost you know it's approaching two whole lifespans. Mm. Um, of and, of, and yeah, my, of people back, you know, of of the average person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's. I mean, I. <sighs> I mean, I think it's also the West. The Western way of life is so much more easier and comfortable, um, because I remember being little, and you know, back in, in in Eastern Europe, a lot of people would die at sixty, and you know, sixty, seventy, most. You wouldn't have too many people living past that, because I mean, my own granddad died a couple of years ago at uh, God. I'm going, I'm going to hell for this. Uh, I don't remember his age when he died. He was. He was how old was he? He was sixty-eight, I think he was. So, um, okay. but he he worked at a, a steel metal factory all his life and consumed toxins like for about forty mm. years straight and did extreme hard labor. And that's happened in pretty much every family back in the old um, in the old Soviet Union. So people people really did work extremely hard. Not to say that well, people in the West didn't. I'm just looking now, yeah, I'm just looking now at the list of uh, list of countries by life expectancy. Uh, Japan at the top. Mm. The average person will live Square to eighty two years old. They make you live a lot longer, Jordan. Yeah. Although they cost how much and you drop them and then they boing back into oval or whatever. Um, Japan, Iceland, Switzerland Australia at number five, damn them. They beat New Zealand. You should move, um, mate. You France. should move. You live longer. Yeah. yeah, I think it matters. Yeah, who knows where you were born. Um, so, 80.2 for New Zealand. The United Kingdom, 79.4. Mm-hmm. So, um, just looking. Right. Uruguay, Ukraine. Let's see. 175th Ukraine. place out of 180. <laughs> Uh, I see here one twenty three, sixty seven years old, see? or sixty seven point nine. It's like yeah. exactly the same the age that my granddad died at. So yeah. it's it's just it's I think it's because of the Soviet Union. I could talk about the Soviet Union. For, I'm really interested in the mafia and that kind of stuff and what happened. And it's it's so let, let's just say there's like a, a good sort of ten years difference, mm, say between definitely. the Ukraine, according to this, and at least New Zealand, mm. um, yeah, and the United Kingdom as well. Yeah. So, do you think it's just something in the air, or like what is it? I mean, it's not a genetic thing, I don't think. I, I think it's, it's, it? it's a mixture of things. It's um, it's a mixture of again lifestyle. I think lifestyle does play play into it. Um, in terms of, I mean, you know, you did say smoking and that kind of stuff, but I, I don't think smoking is the only thing that does it. Uh, you know, yes, labor and stress. People, people in Ukraine are, are so much more stressed. <laughs> at least the people I know. Uh, not to generalise. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe the new generation isn't. My generation isn't. But a lot more stressed because you know the government. You're always trying to survive. Because the major difference between a lot of the Eastern countries and the Western world is living and survival. People live in the West, and it's it really saddens me when people complain about really minor things. Um, but you know things that uh, people take for granted here in the Western world and in the East, people it's it's more of a if you get it it's more of a golden 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 chance not a not not a right. So it's definitely like I think lifestyle contributes to it the most stress labor that kind of stuff. I think that's the main thing. Well, speaking of living long, I mean one thing that hasn't lived long was the Microsoft Kin, Segment. and I doubt many people have even. 
Yeah, I doubt many people have even heard of the kin. Um, it was Microsoft's new attempt at trying to get into the cell phone game. <laughs> but we all know Microsoft. They fail, you know, they fail at everything, it seems, these mm. days. Um, they've got Windows. They've got Microsoft Office. That's it. That's all they've ever had. Um, and this kin, it was meant to be really cool social networking for the kids, you know, and there were two different versions of this kin phone, the kin one and the kin two. One was a round pebble looking thing. The other, they both look like ripoffs of the Palm Pre, basically. Yes. And there's all kinds of different rumors about them that <laughs> some of the stories, some of these people are saying that essentially none of them were sold, maybe 10,000 in total. And Microsoft have just killed it uh, completely. It's... It's an embarrassment to Microsoft, mm. um, and I found it in a memorial site to it, and um, it was the Pontiac Aztec of cell phones. It will be missed. I'm not too sure what that was. Is that an American, an American car? American car, Pontiac. Yeah. yeah. Uh, finding out, <laughs> finding out, Ken is gone was also the same time I found out it ever existed. <laughs> so that's how great this Ken was. Um, and this is meant to this is meant to be you know Microsoft moving into the future. Well, they couldn't pull it off. Right, 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 right. Um, the thing is, uh, Microsoft do so. Uh, apparently, what I hear is they have so many different projects in the work, uh, and that and a lot of them don't see the light of day because they don't really kind of focus, and they don't uh, they don't unlike you know someone like Apple, they don't like concentrate on one. And they just keep on going with it. They they just try to do everything at once and don't really, don't really, don't really work. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a perfect track for this little bit. You're saying it's gone, right? This is it. This is it. Now you're gone. I realize my love for you was strong, and I miss you here. Now you're gone. I keep waiting here by the phone with the pictures hanging on the wall. Now you're gone. I was definitely not expecting that. I was expecting Michael Jackson, and then you play that Bass Hunter track. Yeah, no, I try to keep the I try to keep the music fresh. Um, as my old driving instructor used to say, "Oh, Andrew, you know, variety is the spice of life, my boy. That's why today we're going left instead of right." So, hey, I looked up this Pontiac Aztec on Wikipedia. Yeah. Holy crap, that's an ugly looking thing. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the same. Um, a poll in the Daily Telegraph placed the Aztec at number one of the 100 ugliest cars of all oh time. Oh god, I'm seeing it now. It looks surreal. It looks like a fish oh, has had a baby with an SUV. And I've always thought that's kind of like in the American styling. Like, um, I don't know, we normally have Japanese cars in New Zealand. We get Japanese hand-me-downs. Um, <laughs> so Ten-year-old, the, the average New Zealander has a has a ten-year-old Japanese car, basically. Right. Um, we don't ha we don't have that many um, European cars. And Andrew has a ten-year-old. And we have essentially no cars. And American cars like this, I mean, it just looks American styling to me by my standards. It's just sort of. Lots of weird little grills and little headlight clusters that kind of bulge out unexpectedly and kind of vents and things sort of gouged into it and kind of bolted on. No, but the thing is with American car design, I mean, they established that kind of square muscle car look in the 60s and that kind of stuff, but then once they realized that the Japanese were kicking the crap out of them, 
um, they basically started to copy the Japanese designs and what we see here is a kind of a hybrid between I, yeah, I can't imagine a Japanese car ever releasing something anything like this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like it's it's got it's like a, it's kind of a BMW ripoff grill. It looks incredibly ugly yes, at the bottom, yes. and it's got kind of normal-ish headlights. And then on the top, it's got those crazy-looking little other things. I mean, they look like feral cat eyes or something. And there's that extra vent bit at the top. It's just a it's a bomb of a thing by the looks of it, and I'm not surprised. It's L so, listeners, listeners, so hated. Uh, there will be a link to a picture of this car um, in the description. Pontiac Aztec. Yes. A-Z-T-E-K. Um, yeah. um, I wish there was a song I could play with I this, don't you know, like an ugly duckling song or something. But um, oh, I feel like we're making fun of it. Know, you know? um, um, oh, God, have you seen the back of the thing? I don't want to... Uh, just go down the page. I, I cannot believe it looks like that at the back. It looks like a Honda Prelude here is what I'd say. But um, um, And they look okay at the back, but this does not look good I mean, at the back. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah kind of does. But the front, front's all, all oh. that matters, really. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think I think before we wrap the show up, um, I think it's time for Andrew's movie of the week, Jordan. Um, it's um, As you know, I'm an avid movie moviegoer. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. what um, basically the movie I went to see last week oh this week oh, when, when did I see it uh, Monday I think it was yeah Monday it was Get Him to the Greek with uh, Russell Brand oh, uh, UK's own Russell Brand and uh, the short fat Jewish man Jonah Hill so an annoying an annoying ponce in uh, tight jeans and a fat Jewish man um, makes for a decent comedy um, I, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, loads of people are really hating Russell Brand here in the UK, saying, oh, he's horrible, he's wearing all, you know, skinny jeans, stupid hair, that kind of stuff. He's doing more for the country in terms of popularity than the British football team right now, which is, you know... <laughs> but the thing is, I mean, he's, he's, kind, of, he's kind of this yeah. ultra-stereotypical British guy. You know, not many people act like that. But, you know, he's, he's, Americans think it's, it's cool. Uh, lots of them do. Uh, so it's it's good. He's painting Britain in a modern modern light, making making it look still relevant. Which is, I'd pick that any day over a chav. I really will. Um, so that's that's my recommendation for the week. Get him to the Greek. I recommend it. It's 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 your typical kind of uh, what's his name Apatow comedy. He's produced it. He didn't direct this one, but he's produced it. It's kind of like a spin off from um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I loved. I've seen it so many times. I really love it. It's really hilarious. Have you seen it, Jordan? No, I, I haven't. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It is hilarious. Really, really good. Really good. Um, but uh, but but yeah. So uh, that's that's my recommendation of the week. Anyway, Jordan, uh, I think you have one more topic to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've had the bad movie hey, of the hey, week. Hey, hey. Now. <laughs> um, yes. Now, I'd like to mention just before we go, I've been talking with friends about Millie Vanilli. Do you remember them at all, Andrew? Or are they before your time? Sort of? um, I, I, do, I do know... If you saw know a picture, history, you might... I know the history, and the history has been reminded to me when I watched Bruno with Sasha Baron Cohen. Ah, yeah. <laughs> that was a... Yeah. That'll do it all right. I've seen that as well. I love yeah. Bruno, yeah. Although it yeah. is over the top. Well, I don't know. I think especially that bit when he's showing that... Um, movie yeah, uh, I yeah. Can, yeah i knew you're going to yes, talk about that <laughs> yeah Zoom. um so i've got a clip i'd love it yeah, if you sure. could play uh, now <laughs> operate now so. sure
go. Uh, I'm playing it now. Uh, I wanted to die. It's stop. Girl, you know it's girl, you know it's girl. 80,000 people. Girl, you know it's girl, you know. You know, I couldn't repeat it 15 times. Girl, you know, it got obvious. So I stopped. I panicked. I ran off stage. So yeah. watch this dude um, run. Julie Brown, who used to work for MTV, ran after me. I didn't want to go back to stage. I had enough. 80,000 people waiting. I said, I have enough. I quit. Um, I mean, yeah. It's, it's hard to explain. Um, um, but essentially what happened was the CD player started skipping. And girl, you know, it's girl, you know. <laughs> I mean, no one can pull off saying that over and over when it's unexpected. And um, then, then that could work. Um, no, but I mean, um, I, I just thought it was interesting. I've been talking about audio production with friends and we, we sort of got into like dubbing and then I got into lip syncing oh, and I've been watching this clip a few times. It's just hilarious. I mean, I know most performers uh, lip sync on stage and... I haven't been to many concerts, and I would feel ripped off um, if I knew, hey, they're obviously lip-syncing, even though everyone must know that obviously they Do are. And to, to have something like this, it's just, it's just crazy, and I, I feel incredibly embarrassed just watching it, just having to run off stage while the thing's still going, girl, you know it's, girl, you know it's. Um, having, having been to a number of concerts, and um, I, I, I love... I mean, I love like history around the time when I was born and before eighties and nineties, uh, both Western and and back Eastern. Uh, they really, it really is kind of a yin yang, and not at the same time. Uh, we have to talk about that some other time. But um, basically, the thing is, lip syncing is um, it, it was you know started being very popular like eighties and nineties and that kind of stuff. But uh, it, and then like Russia. Like saw it before that, all their artists sang live as well, mostly, and then so it was really huge during the nineties. But um, sometimes having been to gigs with real rock bands, you know that kind of stuff. Sometimes I wish they would lip sync because um, I think the quality would be better. For example, well, absolutely. I mean, we can give examples of famous lip syncing moments that have gone wrong. Um, I remember the the Chinese Olympic Games um, with the ceremony when they had a little girl singing and she was cute and beautiful, a little and girl Tupac's singing the song on out. stage. <laughs> I'm not going to play. <laughs> no, um, that, that wasn't the girl that was singing. Right. It was another girl singing off stage It came out and the other one was just performing along, pretending. And the, th the reason why was the one with the beautiful voice wasn't quite as pretty according to the well, Chinese officials. Yeah. So... They, they covered up by having the pretty girl that couldn't sing out there, and then meanwhile, the ugly duckling that could sing wonderfully, you know, the sort of Suzanne Boyle character, she's out the back, oh, you know, locked in a cage, probably. It's just awful. Yeah, um, and um, there's been further, I think, is it the Eurovision contest? They have that kind of thing before. Um, every vocalist has to be on stage, but they had... Who is the guy that hosts it in the UK? Is it Nigel something or other? Um, Graham Norton. I forget who it is. Yeah, um, um, it might be him. And he mentioned, you know, look at the guy on the left. And it was really, you know, some other guy was doing the main vocals, even though they had the better looking person yeah. prancing about as if they were the lead vocalist. Um, um, so uh, you, you were mentioning when you've been to concerts yeah, before. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, uh, where, where was I? Uh, I saw U2. And U2, you know, they do this whole 
they're all world's greatest rock band, and they did the 360 tour. And I, and my, my dad, the thing is, my dad, you know, he's trying to relive his youth by taking me to to old old. It's all baby boomers concert. So I've been to see you too. I've been to see Police, which were fantastic. I've been to see Genesis, Rolling Stones, and that. But the thing is, I don't really know any of their music except the Police, which I love. They were great. But um, so, and he, you know, he does the same with my mum. You know, he dragged her to see Spandau Ballet, and you know, go always believe in your soul. You've got the power. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So, so, so yeah, you know, you two and I had the big light show and all that kind of stuff, and he was prancing around on stage, you know, save the planet and all that kind of stuff. It's just you know, yeah. rolling around in his money, um, but um, <laughs> but it was I couldn't. It was just like what they called the loudness war. You know, it was just so loud, yes. so noisy. I know about that. And yeah. he couldn't make out who was what. It, 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 it was just it was just like <laughs> that for two hours. For two hours, and I would rather they 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 put on a backing track, which of course rock bands never do because they're all they're real and that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, but I mean the man you know the man we love Michael Jackson. Um, it is a fact that he l- lip sank at least the second half of his career, uh, and you can definitely tell. For example, I mean I just want to do a quick comparison. Billy Jean, you know, most famous song ever. Let's say, I mean, this yeah. is him at the um, performing Billie Jean at uh, Motown. the uh, Motown, tw- Mo- Motown, Motown 25. 25? Yeah. yeah, I love that performance. <laughs> <laughs> Identical to the. Uh, yeah. The actual the, the C the CD version uh, the track itself, um, and the thing is uh, he did he did that for you know the Motown twenty five because of the studio but, and that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, when he you know when he sang it uh, in real life, just quickly get, getting a clip there, it was it was completely completely different. You know it sounds different that kind of stuff. So here is here is uh, Michael on the nineteen seventy. Eight dangerous tour in Japan. No, no, dangerous, sorry, bad tour in Japan. And, uh, let me just get a get a clip here. It's definitely not like seventy eight, but yeah. Sorry, uh, 80, I mean, I think that even that sounds faster. Uh, I'm not sure if the actual, but yeah. I mean, you can definitely tell. I mean, uh, and with something like Billie Jean, you can hear him breathing and that kind of stuff. So, and mm-hmm. I don't really know. In he, he, if he would have done this, is it? He would have lip sank, right? Uh, do you think? Yeah. Well, I've been as I understand it. Basically, every act, um, especially the dance, mm-hmm. at the same time, they're all lip syncing because it's just impossible to have the lung control to. Breathe and dance and oh, sing right. all at the same time, especially with yeah. high notes and yeah. low bits. You know, yeah. it just can't be done. Um, but I would like to mention just before at Motown 25. I mean, I know mm. quite a lot about it. Um, if I could pick one sort of live performance in history to be at, it would have been Billie Jean at Motown 25 been, um, by far. Yes, I mean, I, I think that would be the greatest event of. I can't imagine but anything I, I bigger. Know, um, Jordan, after you showed me that nilly vanilla clip, I think I'd pick that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Motown 25, the first time the we ever saw the moonwalk. But, but um, he, he hated that. He but, cried. But most people that. don't even... Yeah, but yeah, go most people don't mention it, that he had been performing with everyone else at Motown with 25, brothers, which yeah. was... You know, it was a big celebration of Motown, even though Motown had basically been dead for a while at <laughs> the time then, they had the, yeah. this big performance. And they had to bury Gordy and the like. They had to drag all the performers back, all that like Stevie, Stevie Wonder, Diana Ross and people like that. They had to drag mm -hmm. them back. And Michael didn't want to do it at all. His, they wanted his brothers yeah. there. He wasn't with Motown mm -hmm. anymore. They dragged him into it, and in the end, he only would do it um, if he could perform one of his new songs, which they absolutely hated. But he won, and he got to perform Billie Jean, and it was the first time we ever mm, saw the moonwalk. Yes. But before that, he was singing he live was, with his brothers. Was it was awesome. The whole um, compilation, wasn't he? Have you yeah. seen the full thing? Yeah. Have yes, you seen yes. the full, oh, no, full video? I'm a die -hard yeah. Michael fan. He, he was, yeah. But it was awesome. I mean, and he was singing well. You could tell he was singing yes, live, yeah. and he sort of broke down afterwards, and he said, But I especially love yeah. the new songs, and Billie Jean yeah. came on. And then you could obviously tell, I mean, it's night and day. He was definitely having a backing track. He was lip-syncing yes, from then on. Um, which is, you know, it's the standard. And before we go, I'd like to mention, yeah, I've only been to a few live performances in my life. We don't get so many in Invercargill, New Zealand. It's kind of at the other end of the world from a place like, oh, say, London. Um, <laughs> you know, all the big bands are here all yes, the time, yes, of course. Um, um, but I can understand, you know, you hear the recordings from all the live concerts and when you hear your favorite band and you hear them live and it sounds nothing like the version you've listened oh. to a, a thousand times in your life, perfect yes. version, I could almost imagine it being heartbreaking. I mean, when I hear that ver that live version of Billie Jean, it sounded almost like a Michael Jackson impersonator, mm. to be honest. Um, and I think being a, a concert performer, it must be just an awful, awful thing, especially if you've if you've had a long career and you have to perform 20-year-old songs every night, you know, imagine like in Las Vegas where they have to have a nightly show, for example, um, just again and again and again and again and again. And what if you decide you hate the song or what if you decide you wish you change the lyrics a little bit? Would people notice? Well, probably. And you just, you know, there's things called CDs and records and vinyl and MP3s. People aren't meant to be jukeboxes repeating the same things over and over. And it is kind of sad. Definitely. But, uh, I mean, as you were saying, I remember when I first started getting into music when I was, uh, I don't know, 13, 14, and I, you know, I, I was into what the kids around me were, so uh, Green Day and Red Hot Chili Peppers and that kind of stuff, and uh, I remember, uh, you, know, I, uh, you know, Green Day, you know, they, they keep on talking about America's crap and that kind of thing, but it's all about the money, as always, again, which really annoyed me when I grew up. Uh, but, you know, they, they have the beautifully produced master uh, uh, backing tracks and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure there's been pitch correction done on the voice. Uh, but, um, but um, uh, you know, when I saw them, like, a live DVD of them, it was so bad. It was just, it, it was, as you were saying, yeah. heartbreaking. And, uh, I mean, a lot of the jazz and swinging and, you know, Rat Pack, older artists they do they they have it they have a down oh, yeah. to you know in vegas because the thing is it's more of a small small indoor house you know that kind of thing so they can yeah hey there that that, that that kind of stuff so um it's kind of the size as well when you think about like a massive audience a massive crowd and there's speakers oh, all through the thing so of course it's, it's going to sound different painful. at different it's points painful. but it really is i mean i've really been put off yeah. live gigs uh recently uh just well the last one i saw was eric clapton um and I've seen him twice with my dad already. You're really name dropping now. I've seen him twice. With, You've been to uh, everything. I, I, I haven't been to the, like the young bands I like. You know what I mean? Me and my mom, but, but anyway, 
um, Eric Clapton and uh, he was playing with some other guy, I forget his name, and this was in a smaller venue, and, and, it was, and it was a lot better. The thing is, I like Clapton, some of the songs, but, you know, the, he's, he's got a new album out, so he's got to play a couple of newer tracks and that kind of stuff, but it was, it was, it was alright overall, you know, it was full of old people like my dad, and I was just sitting there. Um, but, I mean, the first time I saw him was outside, and the second time was inside, and you can definitely tell the difference inside, but the first time I, I went mm. to see him, I just wanted to see John Mayer, he was opening up for him, so that, that was really good. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, before we close, Jordan, any last thoughts? Yeah, I, I would like to mention that I feel sad for the musicians today when you know that the record sales are so mm. far down, and... Um, it's it's kind of embarrassing to be a to be a mainstream artist now. I'd think, especially if um, if you compare to say Michael Jackson to let's say Kanye West or Eminem, I've heard that Eminem's latest album has sold you know a million copies or something in the first week. I don't remember the number. Maybe it was more, but it, it was bugger all compared to say ten years ago, twenty years well, ago. They still, um, they still have the mansions. It's it's, um, it's embarrassing. They still though. make the money. Oh yeah, but um. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I know that most performers, at, you know, the, the middling ones at best, they make bugger all and it's all the companies that get all the royalties and the like and they control everything. Um, it's only really the Madonnas and the Michael Jacksons that seem to get the massive yeah, slices of the dead, pie. So, um, and, he, you know, he's made the most this year. Well, he's made the other the one. This year. Yeah. Um, After he was dead. But effect. I'm just saying, you know, when so few people seem to be buying, I mean, people... I think part of that is that there's just more to buy, there's more to see. When the only thing in town was to go to the drive-in movie theatre, then more people would go to the drive-in movie theatre. To see your Elvis when there was only when he, a few when he acted, out. you know, yeah. with, uh, with his good looks and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So, surely you know what I mean, that there's just a smaller audience in general. It's like um, cable television in the States, mm. pay TV. They're just the audience has been in flight for thirty years probably, and there's just so many more ways to more things to do. It's not even that everyone's stealing; it's just there's so much more to do. And when when you see that, I saw for Eminem's uh, latest album, for example, apparently out of the sales, only something like thirty percent were digital downloads, and that mm. that blows my mind. I mean, iTunes is the biggest store in in America for selling music, and what if it's only thirty percent? I mean. Maybe it depends on the crowd. That some are more tech literate and others aren't. But it's not like it's difficult to use yeah, iTunes. Right. So, if you think that the people that could use iTunes but chose not to and to get it for free, I mean, that's a lot of money that's Definitely, not going yeah. anywhere. And sure, it's not like M&M's getting the money when you when you hand over the cash at the counter. <laughs> He's standing behind the but, counter. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, mate. But if if they're not if the record labels aren't making the money, then they're not going to be paying mm. as much to the artists, and there's not going to be the same giant contracts yeah. and things. And it just seems like the whole industry's screwed. I mean, they've been saying the way to make money now has been through live performances yes. and yes. things, selling merchandise, having T-shirts for fifty oh, bucks was, after the ridiculous. concert, and everyone will be sort of being, pressured into it. Um, um, I mean, quickly, being at gigs, they sell those T-shirts. I mean, they cost like five p to make by a Taiwanese child or yeah. something, and. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's like I remember when I was younger, my dad would buy me T-shirts, and I'm like, these days I'm like, no, seriously, no, no, no. It's uh, I mean, T-shirts don't fit him anymore, the ones they sell there. But uh, for me, uh, I remember getting I, I got myself like a Clapton T-shirt and stuff. Now it's too small for me. I've grown out of it, so it's it just sits there, sits there. So, well, I, I definitely think that's cool. I mean, there's not many. I'm not into that much music. That when you see the mess, sort of. 
produced t-shirts that, that you could buy normally i'm not really into those kind of bands i'm not really into like the rolling stones and things you know the no, rock kind of ones much. metallica <laughs> you know it's something really something really classy about getting around in a black metallica t-shirt all the time <laughs> you know um yeah um but yeah although i did recently buy two yeah, michael jackson man, t-shirts um uh, i mean i remember i remember yeah but i i just think it was cool if i went to a if i went to a big performance i'd love to buy the t-shirt for someone like michael jackson or something but if that's the only way for the artist to make money is to have guys selling t-shirts out of the back of vans or something or little little huts or tents you know that's the music industry now and what so you're going to pay the big bucks to see a lip-synced mm-hmm. performance or what going to go home and just download for free apparently um is what most people mm, seem to be doing nice. and it's, it's just sad so maybe we can talk next, more about music in, in future next, episodes next time I mean, he was saying i remember going to see thriller live at west end uh that was the closest i ever came to see michael and they were very good they're very good i didn't like try to imitate him in the singing except for like the signature numbers mm. like billy jean and smooth criminal and that kind of stuff but it was very good it was very nice if if they ever roll around in in your town uh, thriller, the musical. But I've got a hat. I've got a Jackson hat, which yeah, which, was, uh, which I'm sure if you move, like you know, you go to Australia, I'm sure they're going to be playing somewhere there, the big theatre, you know, that yeah. white one. But anyway, um, I mean, you know, having having before before we go, last final final thought. Um, I've had the unique, you know, a, I don't say privilege, whatever you want to call it, you know, having been born and raised for the first nine years in a completely different part of the world. I can look at the Western society from a completely outsider point of view, and it's all about the supply and demand, the whole the uh, the capitalism method, you know. And what's happening is, you know, we're getting so much of it now with the internet and mass media. Everything, every subculture, subgenre, sub anything is accessible in every single from music to movies to video games to porn, whatever. Every every single variation and subsidiary that you want is accessible. And so many musicians and that kind of stuff. So it's it's killing itself. As you were saying, you don't have... You have so many choices now. You know, you want to go and see a gig. Which one? Because the artists aren't going to be touring. You know, you want to see a movie. Which, you know, which one? You know, movies are showing everywhere, all the time. Six times a day, every movie. So so it's it's. It, I think it's all about the supply and demand. Um, anyway, Jordan, as always, it's been, it's been fantastic fun talking to you. Um, We've we've gone we've gone for quite a while again, but but hey, uh, if if you are listening to this, I hope you've enjoyed you've enjoyed the show. We've been very we've been very we, we've raised the bar quite high today, you know, in terms of you know factual and <laughs> serious discussion. Uh, I'm white Millie vanilla, you know, girl, you know it's girl, you know it's get him to the Greek the and actually no, we haven't raised the <laughs> yeah. we haven't raised the bar. But if if you are listening to this show <laughs> still, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please rate us on iTunes if you get the time. Uh, please, yes, if if you want to hear us talk about anything, you know, within reason, uh, please email us. That's a g m b l y t h at gmail dot com. Up post. When it yeah, when it comes to bar raising, soon we'll be doing the limbo. Yes. But anyway. <laughs> Oh, oh, I get it. Low, yeah, right, cool. Um, but I mean, so, so anyway, rate us. Uh, you can uh, you can find Jordan at Jordan coexisting with nonhumananimals.blogspot.com. You can find me at loads of other places. Um, anyway, uh, we're gonna we're gonna leave you today with a performance, uh, uh, a small snippet from part one of the Motown Twenty Five performance with the uh, with the other Jackson brothers. I'm not sure.